Hey Toy Family, welcome to another edition of the Marsham Toy Hour where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. I'm George Gaspar. And I'm glad that we're all back together again. After last week, I wasn't too sure. We're back. We are, but based on the way it ended last week, or last week's recording, that didn't end well. <laughs> I was a little frustrated. I, I, I hung up on you both. I know, you just peaced out. I think I think we should say on air that, I mean, I can say it. I hope you can say it too. I don't hate you, Gary. <laughs> I don't hate you either, Teresa. You're a lot to deal with though sometimes. Truth right back at you, but yeah, last uh, week I just couldn't say anything right by you. You were just getting uh, just everything I said seemed to rub you the wrong way. I'm sorry. Look, you know, you did this little poll, and apparently, I'm the second most hated thing from last week aside from your birth. <laughs> so, you know, I apologize about complaining about your negativity. I was too negative about your negativity. So, my lips are zipped. I will be George, I'll be in the background. I will not make a peep. Gary, you do you. I apologize. I got to say, the the burp did win that poll by a landslide, and I'm retiring it. It goes in the vault. No more burping. Thank Jesus. So you're safe. But, but no, you have to admit, you did say, well, I did apologize over the fact. I'm sorry if I came across harsh and all of that. You did say you recognized your tone. Sure, when I listen back in the edit, yeah, I had a tone. I'll admit it. I probably so have a tone now. It's just my tone. <laughs> Jesus. Can we just, okay, Gary, I like you. I like doing this podcast with you. Yeah, feelings mutual. Peace and love. Peace and love. And you know what? We're going to be seeing each other in a few days at DesignerCon. I think that's exactly what we're going to need. It's going to be great seeing your smiling faces again, hang out, recharge, all these gripes that we have over tone and written word or workload or whatever we deal with and complaints we have at the end result it's all about the friendships we built over this podcast and just it's gonna be good just to hang out with you guys and, and recharge and i can't believe designer cons only like seven days from the time of this record do you realize how unprepared i feel yeah you seem really stressed I am, I am not even concerned. I'm not really looking at things. Like, I'm going to this easy breezy. I'm probably not even going to be, like, that excited until I'm on the plane that morning. And I leave Friday. I arrive, like, LAX at 3.30. I might not even arrive in time for the show opening. But I'm okay with it. I'm at peace. Peace and love. You, okay. So this is the difference between a non-collector and a collector. Because you're not going into this... With really much of a want list. Like you might have seen a few things that piqued your interest, but nothing where you're sitting and making this list and trying to plan and figure out what you want, prioritize. Whereas that's where I'm like, I'm currently sitting here stressing because I feel like I haven't planned. I haven't made my list. I haven't had time to hashtag hunt and figure out everything I want to buy and how much it's going to cost. And (sighs) (laughs) what's funny about these convention weeks, George, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. I was, I'm trying to find out if I can mention something in this show. Okay. Well, it's funny about anytime we go into five points a designer con or anything, Teresa's three hours ahead of us. And I usually go to bed about midnight, 1 a.m. on my time. And sometimes on con weeks, I can log into like a last minute Instagram login and Teresa's still online, still looking at designer con stuff. So she's going to be just like burning the midnight oil, trying to stay on top of all this news that's coming in. 
I know. And it really hasn't even, I mean, I, it's definitely picked up, but a lot of the artists I always have eyeballs on it's, I'm still waiting. Like I'm still waiting for all of these info, like these details to fly out. And this is what happens is we are, as we record right now, a week away. And I still like, I don't know. It's just, no, I hear you. And that's one of the struggles of doing the podcast because we record four days before this releases. And the benefit that the blogs have is that when someone posts something on Instagram, they can just take that information, boom, get it up on their feeds, on their blogs and all that other stuff. But we're, we operate a little differently that we have that four day lag time. So if someone does drop something, say on Monday or Tuesday of next week, we don't know about it. So I reached out to our Facebook group today, just to the designer saying, Hey, if you know, you're going to be dropping something on Monday, let us know, give us some advance notice so we can at least talk about it on this record and then have it out. And we can be talking about it currently next week. Yep. And it's especially difficult when we're trying to cover something like a decon or five points before, because we know right. this is it. We, we are a broken record. Every time we talk on this stuff, it's the same thing. Every year, every episode before an event where I sit and I say, I'm still waiting for a bunch of news. So that we, said, though, there I have seen a ton of stuff I've been watching. Actually, you'd be proud of me. I've been watching Instagram stories. So I've been following designer con oh. stories and stories of other blogs and whatnot. And it's it, it hit, has made an impact and a little easier to stay on top of all the. This is designer con stuff. Plus, you know, you just mentioned before we started, I need to start looking up designer con hashtag and following that stuff. But yeah, I'm not going into the event with a huge want list. There's maybe one or two things on my list so far. I'm not stressed out that I'm going to miss out on them. So, yeah, I'm just looking forward. My thing for about designer con is just going out there and hanging out with friends and just seeing familiar faces again. Oh, for sure. The people's, I mean, one of the, my favorite parts is getting to see everyone all in one place. You know me, I'm a ping pong. I go around and I just talk to everyone. It's nuts. Oh, I'm aware. I lose my voice. I know. I've done enough conventions with you to know, and that's why I'm cutting the cord on you this year. <laughs> I am not walking around with you. We can meet up for breakfast if you want, and I'll catch up with you after the convention. <laughs> hey, we can, we can do like a lunch meetup. We can like do our own thing. And then at a certain time we regroup, but I will say, okay, I have a mission this year. So last year I went in on pretty unprepared. I felt compared to my, my normal. So what I really want to do is Friday night, VIP night. I want that to be my buying frenzy. I want to go in and just load up. And then what I want to do Saturday is I want to try to walk the floor, like start in the corner and actually weave and bob the whole shebang. Because I don't think I actually did that last year. I want to try. I really want to try. You try to do it every year, and every year it fails. You, you walk about three booths, and you're constantly getting stopped and doing chit-chats. and just It's difficult for you. I know. I'm going to put my blinders on. I'll put like a little sign on me that says, I see you. I love you. I want to talk, but not now. You just need to do what the celebrities do. Wear a disguise, make your right? rounds, do your shopping, and then Sunday you can do all your chit-chat. Get a Stormtrooper helmet. There you go. It is funny how now, because of the podcast and having gone to these events for a couple of years, it is a lot harder just to walk incognito mode. There's no such thing anymore. No. It's different. You can be an asshole and then people don't want to talk to you. Like, I. Yeah. Oh, George. George, You're also situated. You're like exhibiting. So you're stationed at a booth. So you're not probably walking around nearly as much as, say, we are. 
No, I, I don't. I wish I did. I'd like to see more. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, so DesignerCon is coming up. This is the, what, 13th year? I think this started in, originally was titled Vinyl Toy Network. It started in December of 2006. And here we are at a new location, new city, 700 vendors in 2019. I think that first year, George, were you a part of the first year? Oh, hell yeah. I had a booth or a table. Someone was yeah. wanting to know what your experience has been over the past 13 years of Designer Gun. What do you mean? Like, what? what is I don't know. They mentioned something about they just want you to give them a brief overview of your experience of Designer Con. I don't think that they know that you've been involved for as long as you have. I was at the, the convention before it was Vinyl Toy Network when it was Keister. That's right. And it was I forgot you told me about that. Yeah, it was a it was a key show before it was Vinyl Toy Network. So I was there before Designer before DesignerCon before Vinyl Toy Network. And who uh, ran wait, the original DesignerCon? Wait, 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 a key show like like a door key? Q E E. Come oh, on, key. we have, this is deja vu. I swear we've had this exact conversation. I, I know it is hitting me, but the way you said it, it sounded like a door key, and that's all I could think of. I know what a key is, the toy key. I apologize. <laughs> Um, but yes, it's been it was it's been great growing with this show. Like I, I don't feel like my table has changed. I still put the same things on it that I had 13 years ago. But I feel like the show around me has grown up. Um, to me, it's still like this like hangout zone and this fun place to just go hang out with friends. So it's weird when I see all these like real booths and real things, and I'm just like, man, I, what, I don't even belong here. Like I literally don't belong at DesignerCon. That's not true. I have no business having a booth at Designer Con. When you look at the things that are really there, there's no like that's if I try if I applied if I didn't know if I hadn't been here from the beginning and they didn't know me <laughs> and I tried applying for Designer Con, I'd be hit to that wait list so fast. <laughs> what is that like in one of those apps? Is that a right swipe or a left swipe? I don't know. I don't know the apps. I don't I'm too old for that. <laughs> I don't even know which way is good or bad. George, were I've you so how involved were you in the early conventions? Were you I know you were friends with Ben back then and Ben had a partner in all this. I don't think he has the same partner anymore, but were you involved with it back then as far as like helping out with exhibitors and setup and all that sort of stuff or were you always just kind of just show up for the event kind of guy? No, back when it was back when it was Vinyl Toy Network, it was uh, Ben and Rich from Weedy Weed. That's right. Um, and like, I, I wasn't involved at all. I would just come, I was just a friend of Ben's. I, we, you know, we got a booth or a table, whatever it was back then. And, uh, you know, just did our own thing then. And then when Rich, uh, Rich from Weedy Weed, he, he lived out here in California and him and his wife were moving to New York. Um, so they were leaving and, you know, Ben still wanted to do the convention. So at the time, Aileen and Aileen and I were kind of like, talking like you know we were hanging out with Ben all the time and he said he wanted to continue the show and we were going to kind of help you know continue it with him and I was just at that point I was like I can't be a part of it because I know Ben too much and I know that he doesn't want to listen to things and he just wants to do his own thing and I knew that I would fight him and I didn't want to I didn't want to not be friends with him Mm -hmm. so him and Aileen went and did designer con together at the beginning um, and now Ben is solely Ben is solely his own designer con now. So I know I know Gary, you were trying to ask at the beginning if 
you said something about who's always done it. So his Ben is from the very beginning. He's the one who did the key show and VTN and all of it. It's always been no, Ben. Ben didn't do the key show. Ben didn't. Ben started Vinyl Toy Network when the the girl that did the key show didn't want to do it anymore, but Ben still wanted to have a booth because he did. He had a booth as 3D Retro there. Okay. Um, and he still wanted to have a, a venue to have a booth at a show, so he decided to get his own to do his own show, and he, that's when he was working with Rich at Weedy Wee, and like 3D Retro used to have exclusives with Weedy Wee, so they got together and said, let's do a show. So Ben has been the well, constant the whole time. It's been Ben's show from the beginning. Has that, was that key show going on for years before then? No, I think there was two. I think they, we did two or three of them. I can't remember. It was two or three of them. It was real small. Okay. It was like seven people in a like seven you know quote unquote vendors and then you know fans of key it was really just like a key trading party oh okay and then the very first vtn i mean how i i know it was pretty small right it was the same like eight seven eight people like it was it was just the same people <laughs> at, like it was tower records had one side three retro had the other side and then there was like three like three or six yeah no probably like three booths on each side of the room so it was yeah it was six there's probably eight booths total and i say booths but i mean tables yeah there's a great Flickr account out there that still exists and has albums full of all the different designer cons over the years and it's great to just kind of flip through that not only to see how it's grown but also to see how people have changed in appearance you know like <laughs> not to call you out chris i chris lee i'm sorry but to see you in those early days i 2006 2007 photos you had the, the long hair and everything it's kind of weird to see it's kind of like going back and looking through like an old high school yearbook and seeing how someone looked like 10 15 years ago it's crazy a lot of beards a lot of no beards yep we used to yeah. broadcast live throughout the thing and do interviews with the artists and stuff like yeah it was it was a lot of uh a lot of information lost to history. Yeah. Now, was it so? Did, did they? Did you all book a venue, and was there a cost to get in at first? Yeah, I mean, it was you know, it was the cost of a table. I think it was like probably fifty bucks or thirty bucks. It was super cheap in the beginning, and it was at Pasadena. It was at the convention center. It just wasn't. It was just in like a room at the like, like they have multiple buildings. The building that you know DesignerCon for at Pasadena is like the main convention hall, but there's the other side of the Pasadena Convention Center has like, just like a small, like conference room type rooms. And like, at first it was just in one of those rooms. And then like when they outgrew that room, they moved to like the downstairs, like underneath the stairwell basically. And like took up that little like hallway plaza like thing. Yeah. And then when they outgrew that, they moved into the like, what, what became the ice skating rink. Um, then they outgrew that, moved into the halls, and then they outgrew that and moved to Anaheim. <laughs> the first year I did it was, I think, 2008, and that's when they moved to that, what you were just describing, underneath the stairway. And, Teresa, yeah. the best way to describe it is, you know when you go to a mall and they have the first floor and second floor, and on the second floor you can look over the railing and just look at everything? That's kind of yeah. how that convention was set up. On the bottom huh. floor is all the booths, but if you took the stairs up, you can pretty much walk around the entire event and just – scope everything from the railings above too so crazy i mean it's it'll be my fourth decon so i know i'm a, a newbie in in you know terms of what other people have done but i was i'm glad i at least got to experience uh pasadena 
but yeah, for me, it's, ah, it's crazy that things have changed that much. And it started as just this small little thing in a conference room 13 years ago. And look and at it, it now. People, it was just people here. hanging out, looking at toys. And there was, you know, I don't know how many people showed up, a hundred, 200. It wasn't any. No, it wasn't. I think the first one we went to was in 2007, and it was it was small. You probably could have walked the whole convention in like 10, 15 minutes, and you were seeing the same people over and over. It was sparse, like crowd wise, but you were, I, we all just hung out for hours just because we loved toys so much. Yeah. Do you all do you all miss it, the small size? Um. Or do it's, you like that it's grown and gotten? No, I like that it's grown, but the difference I think between now and back then is. It's kind of like um, it was just smaller and quite, kind of like a small town, right, Teresa? Like, you know everybody in your town. It's a little smaller, slower paced. It's quaint. You have all the time in the world to talk to everybody. You know, not many tours coming into it, your little town. And then you move to a suburban sprawl where it's just, wow, so much to see and do. New exciting people. And it's just, so it's changed in that sense. But do I miss I don't say I necessarily miss it because it, it had to grow. It was I have fond memories of it being smaller, but at the same time, it's just like when it when it became that destination location when East Coasters came over and international artists and it started slowly taking over San Diego Comic Con. That's that was pretty awesome. When you can go there and the entire toy family is all heading out to one event. That's when it became amazing. Well, what? Like I said earlier, I treat it exactly the same. I still show up with my ratty table with like just a bunch of stuff on it and treat it like it's like the same show. So I'm just there to hang out with friends and talk about toys for a weekend, you know? So to me, it's fine. I don't care how big it gets. Yeah. All right. Now, so speaking of, well, speaking of your booth, George, so I know last year you, you brought a decent amount of new stuff you had kind of cooked up. Have you, uh, what you bring in? What you want to promote? Uh, I'm, still, I'm still working on something. <laughs> that's why i haven't posted anything um i have an order from china for a new color skeleton uh it's supposed to be here next week hopefully fingers crossed and uh i'm i made you know some i made 10 more castings of that figure i released at the clutter show last month or october yeah october um but i haven't paid i haven't made the packages yet i decided to like do fancier packaging than I was going to. So we'll see if I can pull it off in time. You're talking about the, the root of some evil, right? That's that guy. Yeah. And what is goal one? Uh, my skeleton, the, the Titan skeleton that I make the glass compatible skeleton. Ah, okay. So cool. if, if the shipping goes as planned and it gets delivered on time, I'll have a nice bright pink bubblegum skeleton. Nice. Cool. Now you well, usually have, you're, you're usually involved behind some other projects at DesignerCon. I know you manage a lot of products for 3D Retro. You occasionally do some sculpting for Dove at DKE and some of the bootleg stuff. I mean, is there any other stuff that you've been had a hand in that you can talk on? Um, as far as sculpting, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything that I sculpt. Oh, I guess the Scott C. Uh, piece that double have um what is it this year uh it's the leia with the probe droid oh okay um i think it's the first star wars reference that we've done for scott hmm. um which is funny it took that long with dove making them <laughs> you uh, know i i have seen star wars a little 
And I don't ever recall seeing this droid. It's when they when they're going to save Princess Leia. It's the droid that Darth Vader uses to interrogate her. It's called the probe mm-hmm. droid. When she's stolen by Java. No, no, it's the first Star Wars. Oh, okay. When she's in the white <laughs> outfit. You see, and you can tell. I'm just. I'm sure there's Star Wars fans who just want to smack me right now. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. It's kind of a. I mean, the droid is literally seen for probably. 15 seconds in the whole movie. Well, that's what's so intriguing to me about Star Wars fan, like people who are really into it. I feel like, and and maybe there's other um, fandoms, you know, pieces like that, but it always is intriguing to me. It doesn't matter if the character was in half the movie or two seconds. It's a thing. Everything's a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been what, 40 years. It's like, that's, you've had a lot of time to pick apart a two hour movie. <laughs> Um, I do know so there was one piece I think you may have had a hand in George Um, it's this really cool sculpty piece Um, it's by someone named Lauren called Unreal it's like this crazy horse with faces in its mane and all that do you know what I'm talking about that's uh, Lauren Tsai Um, she's a I guess she's a little bit of everything as far as art concerned. She's a visual artist. She's had a comic book cover before. She's done like, you know, she's, she does 2D art, um, but she's also an actress. I think she was in the last season of, uh, what's that? What was that like X-Men type movie that was on? It was X-Men type show on uh, TV. I can't remember the name. Legion or something like that. Yeah, it sounds familiar. She's actually an actor. She was an actor in the last season of Legion, like oh. season three of Legion. Nice. Um. But yeah, she did that. We actually showed that sculpt off last decon. Um, we had it. I think we had it at the show. I think it was on display when she did a signing at 3D Retro. Um, and it's been in, you know, quote unquote, in production since then. And uh, it turns out Ben was going to do it on through his own, but I think somehow he, him, and Medicom went in together to do it. Um, so it's actually produced by Medicom now. Cool. Yeah. And I did it. I did an atrocious job explaining it because this thing is is killer. I mean, it is an insane sculpt. It actually reminds me a bit of Avatar, kind of. It's oh, kind don't of. Say uh, don't say that. Everyone look it up yourself. It's way better than Avatar. No, but it's got a surreal <laughs> kind of Avatar-ish character. But yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's almost like a it, it looks like a dream. It's like it's like yeah. a girl. It's a girl riding a dragon that's made out of faces and it's yeah it's it's crazy uh the sculpt was done by whitney mitchell she's uh wm sculpts i think is her name on instagram um but yeah it's whitney mitchell she's fantastic that was all you know hand sculpted uh it's gonna be cold cast so i think it's uh polystone i think if i'm not mistaken yeah i did read it was polystone um and yeah, it's super limited. Like, it, yeah, it's, it's amazing. The pieces, and it's really expensive, I think. Deserve it yourself. Couldn't have yeah, been cheap to produce. Trying, yeah, was, it's huge, too. Yeah, I was trying, it, she's got a, actually, if you go to Lauren's Instagram, it's L A La La Chu, L A L A C H U U. She has a little video um, where she kind of, you can see it in hand. And it's it's massive. But what I also think is really cool is it's based off of is it based off of two D work? Because I see some two D work here. 
Yeah, I mean, she and, she did the whole design and everything. But this, like the rep, the two D and the three D. I mean, it's it's they match really well. Whitney's the same sculptor that did the um, Nathan Oda like tree guy that came out last year, I think. If you're familiar with that, and she's amazing. Like she can translate this. She can translate work like nobody. I also really like how uh, it's like the legs and the hands. I don't know how to explain it, but the way it's kind of resting, the stance of it. Well, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a, the whole design was kind of like a flying thing. So it was like, well, what do you do when you don't want to like just add a stand to it or something? So it's kind of made, it's kind of made to look kind of like it's still mm -hmm. flying if you have it on your shelf, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's real cool. nice. It's a really good I piece. Mean, you should definitely go, even if you're not interested in buying it, you should go look at it at the show. It's a pretty incredible piece of work. Yeah, I want to see it in person. When I saw the picture, I mean, I literally looked at my screen. I'm like, oh, my God, that's insane. Because it's just crazy. Teresa, so. I'm looking at your show notes. Pop Mart is not going to be there? No. When did this news drop? I don't, you know... They didn't it, have a big I, booth to begin with. They had a much smaller booth than I thought. It was only like a 10 by 10 booth on the map. But I was looking forward to seeing that, you know, they actually meeting there at the event. But so they're not coming this year, huh? Yeah, it's not necessarily that I saw news, Gary. I just so they have a vendor map on the DesignerCon website and it's uh, current. So what they do is anytime there's a booth change or an edit, they the map updates. Okay. So it's something to be aware of. Like if you were to you printed the map a month, if you printed the map a month ago, more than likely it's different now because vendors that can't come are no longer there. They might shift or whatever. But yeah, I was uh, looking at the map and searching on Pop Mart, and they're gone. Well, that's which disappointing. Makes me so sad. Yeah. I know. Huh. So I was, I you know, I, I you're right. I mean, it wasn't going to be like a huge, massive booth or anything, but I was excited to meet some Pop Mart folks and, and see how they did their setup and stuff. So I'm a little bummed, but I don't know. It's it's very possible that it was expensive or, I mean, the, the same weekend Designer Con is going on is Tokyo. Whoa. Um, that is, yeah. George? What's Gary? that? Uh-oh. Can you guys What's hear that? Gary? I'm yeah, here. Yeah, Teresa, you are sound like you're in a electric storm. Doesn't sound what? like that to me at all. Okay, she's good now. Have I been fine the whole time for you, George? Yeah, I haven't heard anything. Okay, you literally just dropped out from that when you're talking about Pop Mart. You're oh, good now. Maybe your maybe your connection and computer is going crap finally. What what part Don't was I that. on for you? You had just started <laughs> talking about Tokyo Comic Con being the same weekend as Decon. So Tokyo Comic yeah, so they're not going to be there. And I, I don't know if it's cost or what, um, or it, it could possibly be that there is another show going on at the same time as DesignerCon over in Tokyo. So I don't know if you've heard of Tokyo Comic-Con, sure. but uh, it's a decently big event and it's the exact same weekend at DesignerCon. I actually know people going there instead of coming to designer con this year so um maybe they had a conflict and had to head out there but yeah no pop mart so a little sad but the show will go on there's plenty of other booths and 
crazy stuff that's going to be there. But um, before we jump into that kind of stuff, George, did you have any other uh, projects or goodies you had your hand in that you want to talk about? Uh, another one that uh, actually Whitney sculpted is another one that for 3D Retro. Um, it's that Reina. It's her second Nike girl. Um, she's doing. She does. She's the artist that draws like women as the sneak or sneakers as women. I guess I don't know which way you would call it. Women as sneakers. Sneakers as women. Um, yeah, I would go women as sneakers. It's almost like they're wearing attire or fashion sense that kind of makes them look like sneakers. Yeah. So it's like it's like yeah, translating a girl into the shoe or around the girl or something like that. But. Uh, Whitney again sculpted it. She did the first one, which was the Nike Mag, which was the Back of the Future shoe. Um, and this time it's the whatever this shoe. I think it's called Off White, I think is the name of this shoe. Um, so the first color is coming out at Designer Con. It's the green laces one. Okay. You know, I know, so I know this is kind of, kind of a, uh, I don't know if it's considered a bust. It cuts off at the thigh. Um, yeah, it's a, I mean, there's my, a mini bus. That's kind of what they did back, like when mini bus were popular. Yeah, but it's if you look at the the close up shots, I love my favorite part of it is the way the laces wrap around her. And they're and kind of floating out in the air and everything. Yeah, that's my favorite yeah. part. I mean, the the way that yeah, just the laces that go across kind of her. I don't know, her stomach and chest area and then cross over and then they kind of wrap her body. Ugh. Are nice. those polystone pieces, George, or vinyl? No, they're vinyl. Ben wow. hates polystone. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to make polystone stuff. I feel the same way. So yeah, if you are cool. a if you are a bust collector, a mini bust collector, these are not polystone. These are actual vinyl toys. Wow. Great work. Yeah. It really is a shoe girl combo. Do you know the significance behind the mask? Uh, it's just the way she draws. I don't. It's just her style. I don't know if there's any real reason. Okay, I'm just curious. Uh, I'm right. not sure if there's any other things. I, I'm sure that there's other things I've made, but I just don't remember. I'm terrible. Maybe something. I don't know if I did anything for special ed toys this year. I can't remember. But go check out his booth because he's always got fun things. Before we get to designer con, this is something I'm looking at you guys as opinion on is like drop release timing and sales timing. So Strange Cat Toys is they're not going to Designer Con, but what they're doing is at the time of this release it'll already drop, but tomorrow they're actually dropping two new toy releases on their website. And one it being the there's a new colorway of Andrew Bell's Kill Cat. It's a, an exclusive colorway to Strange Cat Toys. It's the cursed cranberry colorway. And I think what is that like the fortieth colorway? There's been a lot of colorways of, of Kill Cat. It feels like one a month. There hasn't been 40, have there? No, I, I'm joking. But this is getting into, we're getting into Quicks territory here. One every month, it seems like. There's a lot. I wouldn't say there's 40. But no, there's, there's not 40, but I bet we're getting pretty close to 20. There's been a lot. So he's not only, so Strange Cat is dropping that the Friday, one week before Designer Con. And also on the same day, they're dropping a exclusive teal version of cub which is mike fudge's design that he did with urban vinyl daily and both of these toys are amazing looking and i think they're probably going to sell out regardless but how do you think about is it is it risky for a company i think it would be risky to just release one toy a week before designer con but strange cat toys is doing two is there something to releasing things before designer con do you think do you think that's a risky move 
are they going to be at DesignerCon? Like, can you pick? Can you do like pickup? No, these are exclusive to Strange Cat Toys, so you cannot do a pickup. And there, Strange Cat doesn't have a booth at DesignerCon, so it's just as if they are doing a regular online release. It just happens to be a week before DesignerCon. Yeah, yeah I don't think it's a problem. I, I mean. I know if a collector's really loves something, they're probably going to make room in their budget for it regardless. I just think that I know collectors probably have a $1,000 budget or $1,500 budget for DesignerCon. But then something like two of these pieces release, and I can see the people that collect one might want the other. So potentially, one week before DesignerCon, they might be spending 100 200 bucks on something else. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think... It, to me, I think timing could matter, but usually it's kind of the toy speaks for itself, right? So if it's something I want, I'm going to get it. And I said I was going to be good, but like the Wilson Polo series are released. I bought a freaking case right before Designer Con. I don't care. Like I wanted it. It came out. It just happened to release at this time. So if I'm like a hardcore Kill Cat collector and I've been following every colorway, I'm probably going to buy like before decon after decon while it's while I'm at decon I see it pop up I'm buying the thing because I want it and same with the cup figure I know um the first release did really well what was it it was like a black colorway was it was it monochrome but there was another colorway that sold out super quick and it's been I I remember seeing the previews of it at five points it's a really good piece so Again, I mean, if it's something someone's been waiting on and they really like that colorway, I don't think it's going to matter. I think they're just going to, if, if you know, you like what you like, you collect what you collect. And if it happens to be a week before designer cons, so be it. I remember actually, I don't know if it was five points or designer con, but I remember being in the hotel and I don't remember if it was a Momiji or something, but there was some other release that I got an email about. And I'm sitting there in my hotel, like either during the show, trying to decide if I want to buy this thing real quick online before I head over to the event. So, you know. See, I just... don't think you're normal. You're, you're different. I don't think you're like the average collector. You, I think you're different. And I think there's a lot of collectors like myself that are a little more reserved. And also think about this. With it being one week before DesignerCon, would you make a purchase knowing that you, if you're going to DesignerCon, and if this is like an out-of-state you know, state travel for you, would you make a purchase a week before DesignerCon knowing that that package might arrive while you're out of town? To me, that would be another risk. Uh, Does that factor into it at all? Because here's the thing. I've been sitting on Whooper Loopers for a month now. I have them, a run of fa- a run of fatties, and a run of original ones. But I didn't want to release them a month before DesignerCon. I want these to have the best possible chance of success they possibly can. So I didn't want to hurt collectors' budgets a month before DesignerCon. So I'm gonna probably going to release in what I know is a very slow month, which is like January seems a little safer to me. What you should have done is had a booth at the Diacon and released them there. Heck yes. That doesn't make sense. No, no, no. I enjoy walking around. I don't need the overhead. These will sell just as easily online for no cost than having a booth set up at DesignerCon. You could have found a booth, buddy. You wouldn't have the booth. You would borrow a little corner of a booth. One corner of George's booth. 
Uh, yeah. Fatty, fatty, fatty. Do it, do it. We could totally do that. You know what? You know what would be cool at least? At least consider bringing one of each for display so people can see them in person and then go like poop their pants. Holy crap, I need that. And then they're like waiting for the release so they can buy the thing. Yeah. Tease. Yeah. No, that's a good idea. Maybe. And, you know, I just one of those things. I didn't, when I received the whoopers, they're ready to go, but I just didn't want to put them up against Designer Con and Christmas shopping. I didn't want to hit the collector's wallets once again. They waited this long for them. Like, they can wait another month or two for, you know, the next whooper release. You know, it's just like in January is a slow month. So I decided let's just hold off until then. And honestly, to, to, you know, to be fair, I think this might be the last colorway of the whooper loopers. How is that possible? Like you, I've never even been able to get a fatty whooper looper yet. So there's only ever going to be two fatties and the OG whoopers are ending as well. I think, I think for the fatty, I think that's going to be it. And, uh, for the OG do a flesh fatty. No, no, no flesh fatty. You gotta at least do a flesh fatty. Wait, what would you say? Flesh? Flesh. George's favorite colorway is flesh. <laughs> Wait. Flesh tone. How like, did I not know this? You like skin colored toys? Yeah, that's the original like muscle color. You gotta do that. You want a flesh fatty. I feel like you could take the a fatty and just like strip it down and paint it flesh colored. Then it wouldn't be flesh vinyl. I need a flesh vinyl fatty. Come on. <laughs> this one's going to be pretty close to that, George. All right. Yes, oh, I think I think if you yeah. strip the color, you can get down to a non-painted flesh. It's pretty close. I, I feel like most people would consider that like a throwaway color. I'm sure you could reach out to science patrols and be like, hey, you know that bin of vinyl that you've been just like pouring random colors into that's turned into this weird flesh color? Can you just throw it into the fatty mold for me? And whip it out. Flesh is a no color. I'll have you know. I do. I've never seen flesh like other than now the the muscles you mentioned. I never see flesh colored toys. I think. Do you get it? No, I think I sent George the only flesh color I've ever done. It was a a test pull that I got of the original Whooper Looper. I think I gave that to George. I do have it. As far as colorways, I know that's not a colorway you see that often. Like that, is putty, it, it's like that putty color, right? Yeah, it's like a silly putty, it's like a kinda. baby doll, a blank baby doll. Yeah, yeah, I like a Sony Angel, but that's like a human. Do you? Is it more common in in your side of the scene, George, with like the Glios and action figures and stuff? Is it a lot more common to see people use that as a colorway? Yeah, I mean, it's a minifigure thing, basically because um, of, because of muscles. Like that was what they. That was the that was the colorway. So Gary, we're just out of the loop. We're just not cool enough to guess so. To be on the flesh train. Guess so. Get on my flesh train. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of the episode, right there. Uh, no, thank you. So, all right. What I, else? What else did we see at the? I did. Wait, hold on. I did mention the Andrew Bell Kill Cat, so I want to give Andrew Bell a proper shout out and some stuff he's going to have at Designer Con. And he actually shared something with me. I don't think he's shared anything about this online yet. So I think by the time we release this, maybe this is an exclusive. I have no idea. But he is doing some resin casting of basically chess size pieces of his last night toy. You guys remember that one? It was in vinyls, about a 10, 12 inch 
vinyl toy. Well, he's recasting that. In th it's going to be about the size of a chess piece, so probably about three inches tall. It looks like he's casting those in a bunch of different unpainted colorways in resin. So he should have those available at his booth. And they look pretty rad. Oh, so like the one with his dead zebra face, and it looks like a yep. pawn. Yep, exactly. Yep, so he's, <gasps> he's casting those in resin, and they're really cool looking. And also, he's oh, also... Go ahead. I was going to say, now there's going to be people who are going to want to form an actual chess set out of it. Buy like 24 or whatever. I don't know how many pieces you need for a chess board. 24? <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell I play chess? It'd be all the but same I mean, pieces, too. Aren't, aren't, don't the horses represent only one sort of thing? Yeah, that would, and they're not the pawns, either. They're the knights. <laughs> oh, yeah, duh, the knight. I'm sorry. Oops. I wasn't going to say anything, but we kept going with the chess talk, so I had to... <laughs> But you could get like different colors. You could cheat it, and you could get like the red represent the pawns, and a black represents the queen, or whatever. I don't know. Man, that's a know. confusing People game of chess. Anyway, continue. I feel dumb. Duh. The last night. Oh my god. I just. <laughs> <laughs> and so, also, I think maybe in the last couple of weeks, he's also released a new uh, series of three-inch Android collectible series, and this series called Activate. And it is a window box release, so you can pick up the ones you actually want. But there are 12 new designs celebrating some of your sports and activities. So you've got skateboarding in there, baseball, basketball. But what I like is they're kind of in these muted, kind of retro-feeling colorways. So I think they're pretty neat. So you can pick those up at his online store, deadzebra.com, for $12 each. Any new cereal boxes this year? Not that I know of, but, you know, we still have a week before Designer Con. He might sneak you know, something in there. It's, I, I can't, I, you know, for, so, for something that we talked so much on last time, I didn't even think about the whole cereal box pending. And he did, um, what was it, like rat holes for NYCC? That's right, he did. No, for Five Points Fest. Or for Five Points. So, you know, it's a good point, George. I could see him. Sneaking it in and doing a new one for Designer Con. There's always something on the Ono oh food market. I'm sure he's going to be bringing the goods. There's probably going to be new colorways of the Kisses of Death or something. You never know. Yeah. I, again, it's going to come in this this next week after our our episode will go out, and then boom, everyone decides to post. I know. All the things. So hard to stay current. All right, so I mentioned a couple of things. It's, it's your turn to mention a few releases. Uh, specific designer con? Yes. Or not uh, so. If you just want to do leaks and sneaks, we don't have to make it specific designer con. Um, well, let's do one non-designer con one okay. uh, to start. So there was actually a interesting release today. Did you all see the new Super Plastic Gorillas piece? I saw a, one image. Was there only one image leak so far? Uh, yeah, it actually went up online, and I, I believe it's being sold by multiple retailers. Um, and this is, again, where I sound dumb, because I don't know which... Okay, based on artist... 2D, gender... right? This is 2D. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. See, this is, again, where I'm a noob. But um, it's one of the band members of Gorillaz. 2D. And called 2ds thank you george <laughs> and um 
Apparently, it's the first Gorillaz vinyl art toy in 10 years, but Super Plastic and Gorillaz did a collaboration, and um, it's based off of um, an artist's design of 2D. The artist is Ju- uh, Jamie Hewlett. Jamie Hewlett. And, and it's, you want to just talk about it, George? Cause you just <laughs> no, but you're stumbling through these things that are so well known to everyone. Well, obviously, I don't know who 2D, Jamie Hewlett, or really even who Gorillaz is. So you please take the lead and make this sound much cooler than I'm making it. You can't make it sound cooler because who cares? What, who's asking for Gorillaz figures? That was 10 years ago. Is Are we just going to, like, go back through Kid Robot's, like, timeline and start over? What's happening? So, okay. So, real quick. Gorillaz, I know, is a band. Are they still active, like, releasing music? Yeah, like a year and a half ago, right? When was the last girl was out? They just like released an album like six months ago. Six months ago? There you go. Okay. So they're still relevant. No. But it is it is <laughs> Well you're a fan, Gary, right? You have the original Gorillas toys from Kid Robot. I do. Yeah, I have the original ones, and honestly, I'm perfectly satisfied with those. Were, those were amazing figures. They still hold up today. They have that little, little bit more cartoony aesthetic that kind of appeals to me a little bit more. So the Super Plastic one, it does look great. It looks, it looks like a phenomenal production. Great job, Super Plastic on it. And um, from what I saw, this 2D one, it's vinyl, 12 inches tall, and the eyes are like battery powered light up. Pretty cool. I, th- I mean this is not a toy for me per se but i think the the light piece is cool it's i'm not a huge fan of stands but i mean they use kind of the mic stand as a way to make it you know solid which i think is a unique way to do a stand mm-hmm. i i guess the, the reason i brought it up is not so much i guess that they're making a gorilla's piece per se but um this is the first time they've delved out of their original stuff so so far since super plastic started i think it's all been non like non-licensed work is that true in, in the sense that, huh i'm wondering if that's true I'm, I'm thinking it feels like that's crazy if it is because i in my mind it seems like they haven't done licensed stuff this much i mean if you think about all the jankies and even some of the other figures they've done, I mean, yes, they're artist-based, but none of them are licensed, to my knowledge. It's all original artist-based work. Okay, you're probably right. But based on that, this is their, I mean, even like the Cranky, like that was a, <clears throat> that was a Sket One piece. And I mean, I'm flipping through and double-checking, but I'm pretty sure they've stayed kind of in the realm of, of designer toys, non-licensed work. So it's just it's this is their first kind of foray into that, and I'm just curious where that's going to go. If it's just a one-time thing with gorillas, and they're going to go through and do the set and call it a day, or if they're going to slowly sort of kind of I guess delve sort of the kid robot direction, right, where they do a little bit of both, dabble in both worlds. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be seeing them doing Nickelodeon and a lot of the other brands that some of the other companies are doing, but I do see themselves picking certain licenses like bands and working with fashion brands and stuff like that. I can see them delving into things on in that sense. Yeah. Well, and with the, the, the whole janky and Gugamon Instagram accounts where they're, you know, acting like their characters are real. 
it, it does seem like they're sort of building up a certain brand and aesthetic. So I think you're right. I don't see them delving into any, any and every license available or trying to just grab onto anything they can. I see them being very selective about it, but it, it opens a little door into wondering, hmm, well, what, el- what else might they, might they start doing in the license realm? And who would be a good fit? Who would, who would you pick? Who do you think would fit in their, uh, aesthetic yeah they're really into this uh fashion and music realm so i'd be terrible at picking it i'm not gonna venture Um, a guess i really i really don't know george you want to take a stab uh just go back to who kid robot made next and then look at their next (laughs) i know i don't think it's i know i don't think it's anything like that at all uh, what so far they've done the Donnie? Oh wait, the Janky, and now the Kid Robot or Kid Robot did the Gorillas. Now they're doing the Gorillas. Like <laughs> you're just following. Like it's he's just putting out the stuff he knows. Like, but I mean that's what you do. You're it's your company. You're a fan of these things. You make the things you're fans of. True. I'm not. I'm not slagging him for it. That's what you do. I I, I can't gander a guess, but I, I don't think there's necessarily any negative implement in implications so far of them delving into a licensed thing i think as long as they're smart about it because they like you said they've been defining sort of a brand and a a niche for their stuff i think as long as there's so much a licensed thing either just i mean it is but it's like it's also they're working with you know the artist they're you know they're working with jimmy hewlett who's like an artist for like tank girl and things like that like this is like a, he's a real artist. Right. Exactly. I think the licensing that Super Plastic's going to do is going to make sense for their company and their brand. They're not going to be going off the rails and doing Batman skin jankies or anything like that. I don't foresee that anyway. I agree. Okay, I let's get the designer con. You think so? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay. What'd you say? I think we'll eventually see it, but it's fine. Uh... Eventually your company needs to make money. So designer uh, super plastic is going designer con, yeah. Anybody no, know? good question. I thought they were originally on the list. Let's see, super. I don't. They're not. They're not here, Gary. So they are gone. No, they're I'm not, not gone. seeing them on the list. I am searching super, and I only get four results, and none of them are super plastic. Okay. <laughs> then I had bad information. Intriguing. You know, well, I mean, the f- first five points, they weren't as a booth, and then they showed up and still kind of did stuff. So, I mean, it's possible they'll be there, but... It is interesting, though, that they've been around for... We're coming up on almost two years since they, they announced they're going to be doing their first janky series, and we... Today, it seems like they don't need that Comic-Con presence. They're not having, you know, they're not vending. They're not setting up. They're doing what they do without having that presence at conventions. That's yeah. fine, too. And they, It's not even that, you know, they're choosing to not do a designer con or five points and instead try something like a complex con or complex con or whatever. They just, you're right. I don't think they've done a show at all. Yeah, they've been there, but not as exhibitors. As attendees, though, yeah. You know, I just looked at the map while we were talking because you guys were bringing that up. You know who's the booth across from me? Classic Bot. Whoa! I'll see you on Friday night then, George. That's one of my first stops. Nice. Yeah, I just saw today they're doing this cool little collaboration with this company called 
tin bot tour tin bot tin bot collectibles and um yeah so classic bot is the one that does those vintage computers that look like cute little robots and so now they've collaborated with uh tin bot official or tin bot toys and they're making a cool little tin classic tv and it looks like one of those classic tin cases that you get like peppermints in or whatever but you take off the lid and inside is all these little magnetic robot parts and you take those out and you can place them anywhere on the outside and it looks like a classic tv robot it's rad and it's only 20 bucks i i hope it's actually still 20 bucks because i found that price by someone was being sneaky and found a link to it online so i was looking at it so hopefully it's 20 bucks at the show too oh yeah but but you all sent me that and oh my gosh it's the cutest thing i love that um I love one that's small, but I like that it's, uh, gosh, I can't even think of the right word. You can move the parts around and kind of build different things with it. So yeah. you can choose if the the arms go on the side and the legs go underneath and you make it fat or tall or however you want. It's and cute. it's self-contained because it all comes out and fits back in its own box. Yeah. And it's got like a cute little, um, so it's the TV has that little uh, piece that makes it look like a, rainbowy static but you can remove it and then it's got like a little face there mm-hmm. little eyes so if you do it you can make the tv the face yep if you want but yeah that was a good find i hadn't seen that until you all shared that it's yeah, cute those those tin bot collectibles they're not anything new they've been around for a while they have a bunch done in the past but this collaboration they're doing with classic uh, classic bot toys is i find really appealing i'm definitely gonna be picking it up if you if you're not going to designer con you can pick it up online at their online website too I'm not sure yeah what, well, uh, I'm not sure what the the website is we'll put it in the show notes yeah um speaking of cute you want to know something i saw uh just through some hashtag hunting um there is a artist oh my gosh i'm trying to get to it um an artist tony oh god bu bui do you know tony Oh, uh, he does genuine haha. See, I he know genuine ha. A... Yes, he's always next to so Tony. The we'll, back we'll at the conventions. Him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll we'll call him Tony, but um, yeah, he he tends to to be next to Chris Lee, and I saw a super cute post. He is doing his very first art toy. It's called Stego. I got Stego. S-T-E-G-O, like Stegosaurus. But it's an adorable Stegosaurus with a cute little ball cap. And it's really nice and simple and clean. It's got just like a cute illustrator sort of vibe to it. A fun little gradient on the tail. Kind of subtle, simplistic. But it's adorable. It's great. It's a 6.5 inch resin figure. He'll have 25 figures available. And it comes with a 4x6 screen print and a vinyl sticker. I just think it's adorable. It is. It's great. You know, when I first saw it, I I thought it was Chris Lee's. And you know why I thought I that? Why? Chris Lee did the backdrop for the photo. <laughs> that's why. Because it, <laughs> it, it... What, George? I think... No, I just laughed. Oh. <laughs> 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 I just I, it's always fun hashtag hunting that's not one I would have normally seen but it's cute that's yeah, cool I just so. we're, since we're mentioning Chris Lee along with this um, amazing stego by uh, Tony Bowie 
Bui. Maybe it's just Tony B. Could be Tony B. Genuine Ha Ha. If you're going to Designer Con, look up Genuine Ha Ha on the map and you'll find it. But uh, since we're mentioning Beast's back so much, I saw a sneak peek that he's doing a... Remember that beetle he had last year at last year's event that he was hand-painting in resin? So when he was on the show, he kind of teased that that's kind of... He met, he ran into someone, Designer Con, they approached him about making this in vinyl, but he never said actually who it was. And we kind of... I think we kind of guessed that it was Unbox. And turns out... Unbox is going to have a few of those Beatles that he Chris Lee did last year in vinyl form this year. Cool. Now, to be fair, I, I am using the jump to conclusions, Matt, because the photo only shows the underside of the belly. So I don't know for sure that that's the same Beetle. I don't know. Yeah, no, we don't know because it's, it's just a little sneak of the underside. You can see the legs, but it's kind of a close-up shot. And it's, it's a single-color vinyl gray. So I don't know if it's a single-color vinyl pull or if that's a prototype or what, but... Yeah, we'll have to watch out and see. It's exciting. Congrats, Chris. And I know he's got some other tricks up his sleeve. He's one of those guys that's probably waiting till next week. Exactly. They're, it's the carrot dangling. That's what mm-hmm. everyone likes to do. They, they dangle, dangle, dangle. And we're only seeing the dangles right now. But um, <laughs> Stop looking at the meat dangles. <laughs> Focus. Okay, so there's another uh, piece I saw. Actually, there's two different pieces um, based off Wendigo. Um, one was a Scott Tollison piece. Do you remember the uh, City Cryptid Dunny series where um, it was based off kind of like different mythical creatures or whatever? Um, but the three-inch dining design that Scott had done with Wendigo, and he just posted to his Instagram that there is going to be uh, like a resin version of his Wendigo figure. And you all, it is, oh, it's like a really pretty semi-translucent blue, I'm going to assume resin dunny. But then it's got the Wendigo mask, and the mask is... I don't know, like the detail on it. It looks like a real skull, like placed on top of this dunny. Do you all know more about it? Because I'm not even sure if it's a three inch or a five inch or what, but it looks so good. Anyone? Uh, George, I've only, I've only seen photos. I don't recall seeing details. I, I, you know, what's funny is I held it in my hand like a couple weeks ago and I can't, I'm pretty sure it's the five inch, but I can't remember off the top of my head. It looks uh, bigger, but, ah. Uh, yeah, I want to see that it is a five inch, but I honestly I can't. I I held this thing in my hand. I'm that stupid. I can't remember. How did it look <laughs> when you saw it? Oh, it's amazing. It looks incredible. Nice. Yeah. Do you I know mean, the mask? It's all resin. It's it's just too like the the mask is painted, so it's got the it's got the wash on the skull and everything. Like it's it's nice. It looks amazing. Is it two piece? If you can take the mask off and just have a blue dunny, or is it no, one? It's, it's all attached. Okay. It's really nice. And that blue, I love blue and that shimmery blue dunny. Mm, it's great. Yeah, I love that crystal clear like resin cast stuff where it's not shiny. Like it's, that's that's so hard to do. Like without all the bubbles and stuff. Yeah. It makes me think of Muffin Man, who I think we've talked about before and his robins and his crazy resins that look like vinyl. I mean, this one, in, based on the picture, I mean, it looks like a really nice, clear, clean pull. So that That's one. Wendigo right now. I, I'm in, for some reason, my feed is full of different Wendigos. Is it, is it right? Wendigo season or something? 
Right? So that's what... I don't even know what a Wendigo is exactly. It's not one that I'm familiar with. Well, let's Google. Is it a West Wind... Virginian uh, cryptid? A Wendigo is a mythological man-eating creature, or evil spirit from the folklore of the Native American Algon Algonquian Algon. tribes. Yeah. It's a can it's a it's Canadian. It's based in Nova Scotia, east coast of Canada, Great Lakes region of Canada. It's a Canadian mythological creature. Wendigo. Is the Wendigo like the new hot trending cryptid? Because like you remember three years ago it was like Krampus. It seems like a lot of people were doing Krampus and now it's Wendigos. I guess. I just, I keep seeing a lot of them. Yeah, that's the reason I brought it up is along with Scott Tollison's um you you all know Motley Miscreations. Uh, they did that Belfry figure. You remember? We've talked about that. Yeah. Um, so they're they're doing a Wendigo piece as well. They're calling it Wendy. But if you go to the Motley Miscreations Instagram feed, you can actually see this thing has what six different molds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten pieces. Um, but it's more, I would say, if you look like if you look at pictures of Wendigo in a Google search and you look at the piece they've done, it's more, I would say, of a realistic interpretation of it. But this is really well done. It's like a, a shiny. Uh, I'm assuming it's resin casting. Yeah, it's molds. Um, but it's sort of got a shiny finish. But it's really well done, too. It's. It's like, a, you know, it's the Wendigo. It's a deer with, like, the, the gutsy stuff coming out of its chest and then, the like, a skull head and its antlers. But did you all see this, Pete? I'm, I'm trying to look at it now. It's done in black. It's casted in black. And when you do black and dark colors like that, you, you just start losing the details. So I'm trying to – I'm having a tough time making the details out. Here, I'll send you this. Is there this other is colors? The, uh, they're, so the it sounds like right now what they're doing is their goal is to do that's um, yeah you get the prototype you can kind of see a little yeah, better much in the prototype. better okay that's cool very nice yeah it's it's really detailed and really well done and the fact that it's that many pieces so I'm I'm assuming either it's pieced together with a lot of pieces I don't know if that means it has articulation but um it sounds like their goal is to um sell some like blanks or single color but then also that they're planning to paint some up so if you look through at older um, other motley miscreation figures they do a mix right so they have single vinyl but then they'll also do a lot of painted versions as well so yeah i just thought that was an, a well done piece but again another uh wendigo very cool before we before we leave scott from talking about his wendigo did you also see his frosty nugget that's coming Oh yeah, I did. What is that thing exactly? It's like a, it's like a, oh, the, a, a the, mute chicken nugget. Yeah. Wearing underwear for some reason. Now is this small, like the muscles? Oh no, no I see it in like, the end. It's, it's like hand size. Like it's, it, it's a good like fits in the palm of your hand. I, I, you know, I think I did see this come through my feed. Man, he is gnarly. He's not. He's not exactly Teresa, but. <laughs> But That's it great, is cool. The, the color, the first colorway of it is fantastic. Yeah. If he doesn't do a Toxic Avenger colorway of that thing, like he's missing out because that thing, it's, it's just screaming Toxic. Oh, I'm sure it's coming. He usually does quite a few colorways when he has a new release like he this. Usually runs these things into the ground. 
You got his ear, George. I'm sure you just just bend it a little bit. He'll make one. Yeah. Nunny nudge. I think we lost George. Cool. George. George. Oh, did we really did lose George? Stop <laughs> here. I'm just trying to keep oh. it on mute because Justin's making dinner right now and it's super loud in the background. Oh, okay. Damn it, Jess. Why are you always? Why you you just tease us? You cook and we never get to to join in and yeah, How can we work a cooking show onto this podcast as well? What are yeah. we cooking tonight, Jess? What's on the menu? I kept trying to get her just to come and hang out and be on the show, but she wouldn't do it. Yeah, you know what? You really haven't been on since the whole garbage thing. What happened? I miss you. You haven't been on since the whole garbage thing. <laughs> That's not true. I've been on since. Eh, like, just here and there. all my favorite movies. Hmm. Okay. What are you cooking? Uh, we're having like a vegetable uh, curry with rice. Are you all fit a vegetarian or vegan? No. Yeah, no, we like meat, um, but just for some odd reason, like, when it's in the curry, I just like getting vegetables. Yeah, no, no I, I'm just curious. I, I accidentally go vegetarian more often than I realize. Sometimes I do feel like, usually by the end of the week, I'm like, I'm so tired of eating meat. I just want vegetables and salads. We're such adults now, Jess. We actually are like, give me some veg. Give me something homemade. <laughs> no more fast food. Like, we have a salad place by us, and I yeah. would go there every day if I could. Oh, yes. Oh, I love a good salad. This well, Gary. Podcast. Sorry, go back to chicken nuggets. Like yeah, chicken nuggets. <laughs> we talk food toys, we can talk food, but you're right. Not a cooking show. What else? Hey, Daisy, you see it from DesireCon you want to talk about? Um, I haven't looked at anything. Are you pumped? Are you pumped? You ready for this, Jess? Yeah, I guess. You ready to be, <laughs> you ready to be George's booth, babe? Uh, I'm talking, well then, yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'm excited that we get, like, our hotels closed so I can take naps throughout the day. Like, yeah. that's the thing the most I'm excited about. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I haven't, like, really looked at anything. Uh, you can always work the event. I heard they're looking for people to work the event. No. no. No? No. People are crazy. Like, they're so rude. Not rude, but they're just like, you know, especially like um, when there's like lines for the, the one-offs. Like, those people are just crazy. Gotta get your toy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, George's like booth is always by the Japanese people. Uh, some of the guys and they the people in the morning are the craziest people they're like yelling it's almost like Funko like I don't want to be and I see like my friends participate to work the weekend and I see them trying to like crowd control and like that sounds miserable also when I yell my voice gets lower like softer (laughs) so stop guys (laughs) <laughs> like police academy yeah so no I don't want to work it either I just want to take a nap <laughs> did you guys see uh, a friend of the show Horrible Dorbles has a new colorway coming out of their little wizard guy yes pity paw it's the air one I'm stoked I've been collecting those I've got the first two me too. I, I decide I've been I'm like, well, am I only gonna pick a certain colorway? But now I feel like I'm in it because you get the cards too for the game. 
Have you tried I playing throw, it? Yet? I throw all that stuff in a box. I just keep the little dice and the and the figure. <gasps> George, we need to play it. I've I've played it. You'd like it. We should all play it together. I have no idea how to play it. Oh, all right, Gary. It's official. We need a little podcast powwow, and we play some ballyhoo. You know what? I would love to. I struggle with the strategy games. I'm I'm a gamer. I love a good board game. Give me some clue. Large group of people. I'll play some mafia. But the strategy games, I struggle with. You gotta give it a chance. It's really not too bad once you kind of because. I've always been scared of like magic and, and some of those other card games that are very strategy heavy, even Pokemon. There's just a lot to think about, but it's, it's a simplified version of that because they've made the first, this first version of the game is kind of beginner level. They didn't get too advanced. So we could totally learn. Okay. Maybe, you know, a heads up. We are at an hour nine. All right. Um, what else? Oh, Oh, go ahead, George. I was going to say, did you guys see the, uh, is it Candy Bolton? Yeah, Candy Bolton. The Candy Bolton Sanrio, like, kid Hello robot. Kitty, Kid Robot, is it Kid Robot? Kid Robot released The it. Kid Robot Hello Kitty thing? Fantastic. I mean, they did so, it. Yeah. She, yeah, I mean, Candy, you know, asking her to do a license like Hello Kitty, she she crushed it. She knocked it out of the park. My only concern with it is it's it's beautiful, and I don't want this to come across negative, but there's been a lot of colorway releases, like, Kind of back to back to back. There was no like real breathing room for the collectors of these pieces, and I think they were what ninety five bucks for the. I know there was one that was like five six hundred bucks. I'm not talking about that one. How much was the smaller? I think like nine inch vinyl one. I have no idea. I haven't actually. I didn't even know there were multiple colorways. I just know that they did a. You said they did it at the Hello Kitty store, right? In, yeah, in Hollywood? the San Rio. The San Rio store in Hollywood had like, like a, a huge event for her. And they like release like apparel. You like you know how the little cat like uh, kitty's wearing all the apparel. Yeah, it made the apparel that she's wearing. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. the hoodie. Yeah. yeah, the hoodie. The hoodie she's wearing. The figure is wearing. They were selling the actual hoodie as well. Yeah. And that was my had, like, favorite party at the Hollywood Hello Kitty store because it's like this like big, kind of one of a kind store, and they had a huge event for her. Yeah. And that was my favorite. So you're right. They've released quite a few colorways in a short span of time. But the one they did for the Hollywood store was my favorite because it was pastels. It was just a really pretty version of it. Um, but you were asking. So they did do both 9-inch size and 20-inch. The 20-inch were $500. The 9-inch were running for 65 Gary. 65 okay. That's a great price. Right? Yeah. The my only one nitpick is just the stand. There's a there's a Hello Kitty bow that she's standing on, and I just I'm not a stand person. I think this is better than it's not like you know a basic plastic disc or anything. But that's the one element of the piece that isn't my favorite. But the Hello the Hello Kitty balloon heads and the details on the hoodie and the colors. It's like a streetified I don't know a, a cool street urban. Hello mm-hmm. Kitty. That's nice. Really? Do you think there'll be one at Decon? You know what? I I think so. I feel like I saw one. Like a pre-order or something. I don't know if Kid Robot's actually doing any like surprise releases at the event. I think they were all... Were they all pre-orders, Teresa? 
They so they what they did is what they do with a lot of events. They do they do do pre-orders of econ exclusives. So if you're heading out there and want to avoid lines and just have it pre-purchased, you can do that. And these are the ones that they pre-sold. So one was a ice edition of the eight-inch Junko Dunny, the flame one. Did that, you all see that? Yes, one? Yes, that one was a that was incredible In, looking. Insane. The funny thing is, I didn't realize. It only has one arm. Yeah. I didn't kind of realize that. But um, that, to me, of all the colorways, because they did that sort of greenish one, and then they did a red, uh, I guess a red and black one. This ice one is silver with sort of blue highlights. This might be my favorite one. Um, but they did a pre-sale of that. They'll obviously be more at the show. Those are going to run for a hundred bucks. Then they also did a colorway of the Santa, um, Huerta Dunny, but, um, that was the second one. So that's an eight inch Dunny, hundred, hundred bucks. And it's a green edition. Um, they're also doing a exclusive colorway of Kenny Bolton's, uh, Bastet, Bastet? saying that right uh it's her egyptian design that was in spiritus day it's a three inch um it's like a monochrome version um that was that's gonna be 20 bucks and then the hello kitty uh it's an exclusive blush edition the nine inch uh and that one's kind of a i would say uh i don't know black and red colorway with some highlights of pink and yellow but that that'll be there as well so they did do stuff. I don't know if there'll be more beyond those um, those couple of ones that they pre-sold or, or if that's it. But, yeah, so they're doing stuff. Cool. I don't know. There's something else I want to bring up, but it's not Decon. Bring it up. We don't, we don't have the only talk designer concept. Well, did you did you all hear about the uh, course show that Rota Fuji just had? last weekend i saw yeah i heard about it i saw some pictures Looked pretty nice so they what was really interesting um so rotafuji and course have always they've been working together for years and collaborating on events and and do stuff um and they did a uh possession ex- exhibition that opened this past weekend but what was interesting about the show this time around is they chose to do a limited edition release that you can only purchase if you go to the gallery itself or if you purchase one of the pieces from the show. And these pieces, it's coarse. So we're talking like thousands of dollars, one-offs, huge, um, you know, sculptural pieces. But it's really interesting. They did this 16-inch piece. Uh, It's called The Collector Edition Zero. But uh, it's that Void character they've done before. I don't know if you remember the the Void guy with the balloons. Um, it's kind of the coarse sort of main guy. But he's sitting on sort of a llama figure with a cloud getting carried. Um, but I thought it was a really interesting way to release a toy. So they've made it um, kind of special and exclusive. And uh, when they first when they first announced it, it was going to be extremely limited and they were only going to let people order it if they came to the show opening. Um, and then I think, you know, based on some feedback from course collectors, they sort of honed in and, and adjusted, but 
uh, where they landed with it is you can get it anytime throughout the gallery being open. Um, and they'll allow you to order both for yourself and for someone else. But um, you have to be able to still be there in person and know the uh, information for someone you're buying for. So, nice. um, but it was a really cool sculptural piece. And I thought it was an interesting way to do a release. No online, no nothing. And there's not a set. So the, the addition and the number of pieces is going to be determined by how many are reserved by the time the exhibition ends on December 1st. So it, it's open, but limited. Nice. Yeah, that's a great idea. I like the way that they're handling that. And I'm looking at the figure now. What's coolest, the coolest thing about it is that cloud that's kind of following and dragging behind the character where the rope is kind of wrapped around it. I know that cloud has some weight to it because it's obviously done in vinyl. But that rope doesn't seem like it should be holding that weight, you know? It's like, I know the rope is a wire, but still my brain doesn't perceive it that way. It's just the execution is so well done. I agree. I think in general, I've always really admired course for just their, their attention to quality and detail. It's simple yet not. And the, the paint application and the details, it's just the right balance of everything. But that, mm-hmm. that, that to me, the cloud piece, you're right. That's probably the, the best part of the piece is the way that it's floating there above their head. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why it's, so it's 495 bucks. So it's, it's an art piece, but okay. it's very, very cool. So we can share the the Toy Chronicle link because um, in it, um, in the blog post, oh my gosh, in the blog post, you can check out all the other pieces that are at the show as well. And it's typical crazy course with their huge sculptures and some wood-based pieces. And it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. It's always good. Uh, on, on, since we're on shows, I want to bring up Sad Salesman recently did one at Stranger Factory in Albuquerque, and the name's escaping me. It's um, Carry Me. Yeah, that's it. That guy just needs a miniseries already. Please, somebody. Because yes. his stuff is just so, it's just so designed to be a series of toys. It's, I'm not a one-off collector. I don't, you know, resin doesn't really interest me, so I don't want to go off and buy a bunch of the, the one-offs. But if someone could just produce a miniseries with them, I would buy them all. I really would. They're amazing. His designs are awesome. Whimsical, things yes. on top of things. He, he's that kind of artist where you see his show pieces and you just go, oh, I wish they were produced. Make more. Make a lot. Make them yep. small. And I know, way, uh, gosh, a couple episodes back. Make think- more. Make a lot. Make them small. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's in the bank for a title, too. But it's, it's I mean, seriously, and you... I remember you had asked what would make a good Pop Mart series, and I was running a blank. Sad Salesman would make a great Pop Mart series. Absolutely. Ah, and oh, imagine, mm, okay, if we're going to let those wheels turn. So he, like his latest figure, Symbiosis, with the removable heads, it would yes. be really, really cool if this mini series were all interchangeable, kind of like the Mix It's the Wendy's toys where you could swap the heads and bodies, but I'm picturing like dudes that things can be set on top of. And then the things that go on top of the dudes and you can move them and mix and match and stack them. Mm -hmm. Oh, this should be a thing. But his, the care, he had a show too, um, before carry me. Um, Oh, the one at clutter gallery. Yes. 
I don't I don't know was, the name of that one. But yeah, he had two back to back shows like with a. They don't think they were in the same month. I think one was on October and one was in November. Which the, I the think weird and the derpy. There you yes, go. thank you. But it, okay, as an artist for you all, does that does that seem insane to do two solo shows so close together? Wouldn't that be Seems very like a lot of work. It's a lot to take on. But maybe he thought right? since he's already in that mode, why not just go ahead and just do enough product for two events? Spread himself out. One on the West Coast, wow. one on the East Coast. The the Q Weird and Derby, my favorite piece from that was probably the party worm. It's a it's a little worm holding a red solo cup. It's the best. They're it's also so very good. different style for the two shows, very different styles. Really? Yeah. Well, it's I mean it's different themes, but to me they all I mean they're all sad salesmen to me, but yeah, but like party worm doesn't fit in the the other show. Yeah. Like, I it's a very different feel to it. Yeah. Well, I think the Carry Me show was based off of, like, his kids and thinking about his kids wanting to carry him. And then he kind of themed that in to, like, you know, there's always someone there to carry you. So it kind of had a different tone and theme to just doing cute, weird, derpy things. Hmm. But all of this, like, the the wizard one sitting on the rock, the best part is it's called the philosopher and some idiot sitting on his head. <laughs> So the rock is the philosopher and the wizard dude is, is the idiot. Okay. We have 10 minutes left. Let's do this. Let's kind of speed things up into like a lightning round. What are your top three booze that you want to visit at designer con? Teresa go. Oh, don't make me go first. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, Lord, Chris and Amanda unbox Dolly Oblong. Okay. George. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rody Montijo. Mab, Gary Baseman. Mab, Mab Gray's and Gary Baseman. Yeah. So if it, we're going to do that. So if you're top three ones, I'll go first. Currently, I only have two ones on my list. I'm hoping for three. I'm hoping for another colorway. A pink colorway would be nice of the Mab Gray's Dino Kitty that 3D Retro did. So far, they've only done two. I'm really hoping for a pink one, fingers crossed, but I'm hoping there's going to be a new colorway release, but no drop news of that so far. So currently, number one on my list is a Blackie the Cat plush that Gary Baseman will be releasing. And it was actually, we saw the prototype of it last year, and Flat Bonnie actually did the prototype of it, but this was, I guess, actually mass-produced over in China. So there's going to be... It's not going to be like, you know, an edition of 25 or anything like that. So fingers crossed I can get those. So I'm going to run to Gary's booth first. And then after that, I am running to pick up that um, thing we talked about earlier, that classic TV bot toy. Those are my top three. What's yours, Teresa? I really can't answer. I mean, Too early. I... Chris, he... Chris, and Chris. <laughs> I mean, t- truthfully, I mean, that, that is where I think my my top ones are. But as I said, I am not prepared. I haven't made my list. So definitely some Rhyniac Amanda goodies in there. I'm, I'm, you know, I mentioned Dolly Oblong. I'm curious to see what she does with her resin cuties. Um, I've been keeping my eye on Paradise Toys Little Hut for some seedless goodies that might catch my eye. Um, what else? Rattle Kim will be there, um, waiting to kind of see what she will have. 
Uh, gosh, so, Unbox? I am looking forward to finding out what some of the, the international companies coming over are going to be bringing. They, yeah, al- they always bring some gems you're just not expecting. Right, and that's what's so hard right now. It's like I got a lot of booths that are top of mind, but I don't know yet if they're going to be a, a top three. So, um, But Paradise and, and Little Hut is definitely a, a big one I watch out for. Unbox, obviously, waiting to see. Oh, you know uh, what? Since you mentioned Unbox, something else that I would might pick up, but I'm not going to wait online for so it's going to be gone. Uh, but that chibi version of the... Um, oh, the... um, uh, She's a... The, the, the tie-dye, marbly, yes, uh, mutant vinyl hardcore. Yep, that the chibi version of that tie-dye marble is amazing. That's probably one of the best marbles I've ever seen. That DX one, phenomenal. I would pick that up if it was available. Like if you can just walk up and buy it. Yeah, and also, I mean, related to to Chris and Amanda. So for the first time at a event since they uh, booked the deal with Good Smile Company. Uh, the company they've been working with under them is called Four Fans by Fans, and they're going to have a booth at DesignerCon. So there's actually going to be two areas for their stuff. There's going to be their Bindlewood section, which is their handmade resin mini kind of stuff. But then all of the new Thimble Stump branded shirts and, and toys and whatever is going to be a, a dedicated booth this year, Four Fans by Fans. So I'm excited to see how they split that up um, and you know, keep my eye on both of those. So, um, what else? I'm flipping through the, the map super quick, trying to see if any other names scream at me. Like I said, I'm, I'm feeling unprepared. My plastic heart is usually one I keep my eye out for. I think, um, okay. Luna, uh, is coming back. Uh, the designer behind Joby Fox last year, I got that super cute drawing that you all didn't think was, was worth waiting in line for, but I loved uh, that's going to be cool. What else? George, nothing you're looking forward to? I mean, you know me, I'll pick up a ton of bio stuff and then whatever weird thing as I'm walking around pops out at me or Scott will come over and show me this crazy thing he'll buy and I'll go try and get one. Yeah. I, I almost hate yelling out names like this cause uh, there's, there's usually so much to see. I mean, Seed Arts is going to be there. I met her at Five Points. I'm excited she's coming to her first designer con. Um, oh, Vanessa. Vanessa, I'm, oh my God, I'm dropping Laboo left, left and right. Um, Vanessa DiTulio, she, I, I saw her booth briefly at Five Points. She has these super cute little dino figures. She's going to be there. I think it might be her first designer con. So lots of smaller, not smaller, but more, I don't know. All right, before like Tracy keeps cast- rattling off names on things, Gary, wrap this up. We're going to run out of time. <laughs> it's designer con. It's huge. It's 700 people. There's I nothing mean, I like listening to like- names get rattled off. <laughs> well, Gary's fault. I'm I only sorry. For three. I try. All right. So that was the pre- pre-designer con oh, episode. Let's wrap we this forgot up. About, uh, we forgot about the Ghostbuster show. That's okay. And there's a cool show out there. They did some t- <laughs> Ghostbusters stuff. Really neat. The end. The end. You'll see him all over Instagram. Search it. What was it? it was the uh... It was the Art 
final Hong Kong show, but I just thought it was a cool way to see the blending of the worlds. You got this licensed sort of thing, and I felt like the designers really got to put their own spin on it. You got to see Pucky, Pops Woman, Ziki Dino, Unbox. It's just a really cool show. Oh, George, stop giving me shit. Let's just wrap this up. George is getting hangry. His patience isn't there. Let's just end this. I know. But anyway, I thought it was cool. But yes. Okay. I don't know. I see you all in like a week. This is nuts. And yeah. we're, we, we should let everyone know we're obviously going to be off a week while we're off uh, designer conning. But we'll be back afterwards for a wrap up. Yeah, I'd like to say that we're probably, you know, watch our Instagram feed. Maybe we'll do some live feeds while we're there. Who knows? We always say it and we usually don't. Uh, but we'll try. We'll try. But otherwise, hey. looking forward to seeing you guys uh, in a few days. Let's wrap this up. Teresa, let people know where they can find you. Yeah, check me out on Instagram, tmhawk24. And we did decent covering five points, so we'll try to cover Decon a little bit too. Yep. George? At uh, LG Toys, come find me at Decon. And What's I, your booth? I don't know. Oh, God, George. Same spot it was last year. Oh I know God. it. Your booth is 3127. There you go. That's the one. Jess, smack your husband for me. I know. Mm -hmm. I'm trying so hard to help give you some love, and you're like, I don't know. And you're going to give me shit. I shouldn't even be nice. I don't like you anymore, George. You're yelling at me for names. I'm back to loving Gary more. Who cares what my booth is? Just come find me. (laughs) All right. I am Gary Ham. You can find me at Gary Ham on Instagram or superham.com. This has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We try to do this every week, not because we have to. Be, oh, because we want to. There you go. So until, <laughs> our, Gary makes until our next transmission after DesignerCon, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Signing off. Peace. <laughs>